Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Tuesday morning, the 13th of April. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The restricted use of the AstraZeneca vaccine here announced yesterday comes on foot of the European Medicines Agency finding last week that there is a link between the vaccine and some very rare blood clots. The event estimate is estimated to occur between four and possibly ten in every one million people one of whom may die. The EMA concluded last week uh, that uh, the benefits of uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine preventing sickness and death outweigh the very small risk of developing one of uh, those rare blood clots. Here, the National Immunisation Advisory Committee, NIAC, is recommending restricted usage on the basis that the risk of clotting varies depending on age. Any authorised COVID-19 vaccine, uh, including Vaxevra, is recommended for those aged 60 years and older, including those with medical conditions that place them at very high risk or at high risk of severe COVID disease. Vaxevria is not recommended for those aged under 60 years of age, including those with medical conditions that place them at very high risk or high risk of severe COVID disease. Professor Greenwood-Lutler speaking at that NEFID press briefing last night. Professor Anthony Staines, who is a professor of health systems in uh, the School of Nursing in DCU and a member of the Independent Scientific Advocacy Group, joins us now. And a very good morning to you, Professor Staines, and thank you uh, for joining us once again on the programme today. I think this uh, announcement has caused some confusion and people understandably perhaps have a, a lot of questions. It's very disconcerting, isn't it? Especially for people aged between 60 and 69 and those who are under 60 and are waiting to get their second jab? I, th- I think people may be confused by it, but actually this is vaccine safety working exactly the way it's meant to work. This is a very rare side effect that was only spotted because there is a comprehensive vaccine safety programme and me- events that occur after vaccination are reported and studied. And it, it does look like these clotting events genuinely are associated with the vaccine, but it also looks like they're very, very rare. And Karina Butler was talking about their, the basis of the NIAC decision this morning, and she made the good point that if there were no other vaccines, then we would use the AstraZeneca vaccine, in all honesty, without thinking twice about it, 
because the risk of COVID-19 is much, much higher than the risk of the vaccine itself. The COVID-19 causes, among many other things, but it causes a whole range of clotting problems too. So the the, the risks of the infection are great, greatly uh, worse than the risk of the vaccination. But there are other vaccine, vaccines available and there are mm. quantities of other vaccines available. So they have to make decisions and choices. Do you believe they've made the right decision? Have they got the balance right here? Because uh, there's much to consider on both sides uh, in terms of the benefits and the risks. Uh, but it's been looked on differently. And this is one of the reasons why it's confusing to a lot of people. The EMA, the European Medicines Agency and the World Health Organization say it's safe to use on everybody, it seems. Uh, but at the same time, then we're seeing some countries uh, not giving it uh, to people over 30, other countries not giving it to, uh, or the other way around, obviously, uh, to uh, those over 50. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and here we're following the German example of not uh, giving it uh, to people who are aged under 60. I think what they've made is a very conservative choice. Is it too conservative? Possibly, but we have access to other vaccines. So we're not in the position where we have to choose between this vaccine and no vaccine. We're in a position where there is a reasonable supply of other vaccines. AstraZeneca makes up about a fifth of the vaccine doses we've given so far, and it's about a fifth of the vaccine doses we plan to give over the next three months. And there's enough people in the age group they've included to to use all those doses. So that, that that side of it is clear enough. I think there you you could make a reasonable case for being less conservative. Uh, certainly, if you've had the AstraZeneca. I wouldn't have any particular concerns about having it again. I have had the AstraZeneca mm-hmm. because I'm in a cohort four. I had the first dose about two weeks ago and I'm looking forward to getting the second dose in June. And I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gap between the two doses uh, will extend for you and other people in cohort four from the 12 weeks to 16 weeks. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. actually annoying. But, I, you know, I will cope. I will I will get by. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, what what about those over 70? I think most people over 70 have been vaccinated in this country, but they've either received uh, the Pfizer or the Moderna jabs. Uh, and I think that has been the policy. But because of this change now, uh, will those who are still waiting to get vaccinated uh, remain uh, in that um, situation where they'd be getting one of those vaccines instead of uh, the AstraZeneca? I, I think they probably will. I mean, what, what happened was the first AstraZeneca study included rather few people above the age of 60. Now, the, the evidence from that study was there was absolutely no difference in effectiveness, but it was a very small number of people. Subsequent studies have shown this vaccine seems to work quite well in older people. So, again, I wouldn't have any particular qualms about giving it to older people. There, There isn't... There is some indication, but not a lot of evidence that the clotting problem is commoner in younger people. But the clotting problem can almost certainly occur in older people. And it would be important if you do get any of these vaccines and if something strange happens to you after the vaccine, that you go to, you contact your doctor, you look at the patient information, you get advice on whatever it is that's going on. Because it, it is important if there's if you do have any problem after these vaccines, it's important to jump on it fairly quickly. A lot of people have sore arms. A lot of people have 
flu-y symptoms. Mm. A lot of people have a bit of a headache. But if you have substantially more than that, you should tell somebody about it. And I think uh, they're saying uh, if the symptoms continue for four days or longer. Mm. Okay. Uh, there's uh, about 400,000 people in this country aged between 60 and 70, I'm reading this morning, uh, and uh, they're going to get this AstraZeneca vaccine. And obviously, uh, it's a two-jab uh, way of administering it. Uh, so that works out at about 800,000. Uh, and we're yeah. to get 800,000 doses of this uh, by the end of June. So I take it that everybody aged between 60 and 69 is going to get AstraZeneca, and that will be the only vaccine available to them. I think that's probably the the outcome. I mean, the logistics of doing this need to be worked out, and it is a logistical challenge. HSC have done very well getting a very complex vaccine program up from nothing, you know, nine months ago. So I, I'm fairly confident HSC will overcome this, but it is going to be complicated for a little while, and I, you know, I, I think it's going to need to be some patience. I know clinics today, some clinics mm. today have already been cancelled. So it, it, it will, there will be a level of confusion for a couple of days till that is sorted out. But the, the, the really positive story about this is this is a virus that we didn't know existed uh, 17 months ago. Mm-hmm. We now have some of the most effective vaccines I have ever seen. And we have several of them. We have at least four. And there's probably more than that. There's, at least, there's another two or three on the way uh, which look as if they will be equally effective. We will be having new vaccines coming out. And my colleagues who are the vaccine specialists are talking about second generation vaccines that may provide full protection against the variants of concern. But this is an incredible success story for vaccine development and for public health. that We've managed to bring this under control because we've never, ever produced vaccines this quickly before. And, uh, and, and we couldn't, but we have. And the rollout of the programme is exceptionally complicated. It must be uh, in terms of trying to reach everybody uh, in the right way as soon as possible. But something like this is obviously going to complicate it and could delay the rollout of the programme. Yeah, I mean, the, the message for everyone is is that if you're offered a vaccine, turn up and roll up your sleeve. All these vaccines are, all these vaccines are safe. All these vaccines are effective. All these vaccines are of good quality. And the the important thing at the moment, you know, we, we have a lot of COVID-19 in our community. The government has chosen not to go with strong suppression of COVID. So the case numbers are expected to drift down over the next two months or so. But there's still a lot of COVID-19 around. And it is such a nasty disease. It is really, really, un- it, at best, it is very unpleasant. At worst, it's very, very dangerous. So get you know get if you get vaccinated, you're protecting yourself, but you're also protecting those around you. And it's it's really important that all of us you know, cooperate with that as best we can and as quickly as we can. Okay, if uh, people do feel hesitant, though, uh, will they have a, a, an alternative option, uh, or will that be denied to them? I think eventually they possibly will, but the risks of waiting could be quite substantial. These vaccines Mm. seem to give really good protection against dying immediately, and they seem to give really good protection against requiring intensive care and being admitted to hospital immediately. So if, if you're taking that risk, 
you're, you're running what is quite a high risk in order to avoid what is a very, very, very low risk. Mm. I mean, you, you can discuss how you compare risks, but the, the risk of dying from the AstraZeneca vaccine, if the figures are correct, and uh, there may, if anything, be overestimates of risk, but the risk is minuscule. You, you, you know, we all do more dangerous things every day and get the AstraZeneca vaccine. And I suppose when you talk about the alternative to taking the AstraZeneca vaccine, a lot of people will think, well, the alternative might be Pfizer. The alternative could be death uh, from COVID. The alternative could be death, or well, in some ways would actually be worse. Supposing you got COVID and you recovered, but you gave it to someone and they didn't. That actually, for me, would be worse. Surviving knowing that I led to someone else getting seriously ill or dying would not be a good thing. This is a very infectious disease. It spreads in households and it spreads quickly in households. So if someone in your household is infected with the best will in the world, no matter how careful everyone is, there is a risk that you will infect the other people in your household. Vaccination more or less takes away that risk. So really, if you you don't get vaccinated, if you choose not to get vaccinated, you're putting yourself at risk, but that's you, you know, that's mm, your, mm. Your, your decision. But you're putting everyone around you at risk as well. And I, I think people need to think about that. Mm. Uh, and I suppose uh, the 15,000 people who had appointments today to get vaccinated, uh, they'll break down uh, in different opinions. Some will be very disappointed that that's the case and others uh, will think, well, uh, I'm glad uh, that I have a chance to think about this. For those who are, are disappointed, uh, I, I take it uh, it'll take a few days before the appointments get back on track and that appointments could be cancelled again tomorrow and the following day for that matter. It's going to take a few days. I mean, I'm... I, I know that people in HSE are working flat out on this. Up, you know, no, no stone is being left unturned to sort this out as quickly as possible. But it, it's going to take, it is inevitably going to take some time mm. to make that happen. And for those who are disappointed, I suppose the upshot of it is, is that they could end up getting vaccinated or fully vaccinated, more to the point, quicker uh, because of uh, that gap of 12 weeks or in some circumstances now 16 weeks between the two AstraZeneca jabs. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, the, my, my only concern about the AstraZeneca job for me was that fairly long gap mm. between the two doses. I wasn't concerned about the risks of getting it. And, you know, I, I am well, uh, well acquainted with the risks mm-hmm. that are involved. And really, they're inconsequential for an individual. You know, Ni- Nyack have, have made a decision for a whole population, and the calculus is a bit different. But if you're disappointed, you you should be brought back in for vaccination fairly quickly. But it is going to take a little time, and I think a little bit of patience would, would be good, because you know we we will get we will get vaccinated. We, the vaccine supplies are increasing steadily. There will probably be more hiccups with mm. supply over the next few months. Mm-hmm. I think that's more or less inevitable. But everything's going in the right direction. These are very effective vaccines. The the supply is improving. There are more manufacturing bases for the vaccines. So we, we are definitely moving the right way. Okay. 
Thank you indeed for that reassurance. That's uh, Professor Anthony Staines, who's a Professor of Health Systems in uh, the School of Nursing in DCU. He's also a member of the Independent Scientific Advocacy Group, which has come together to advocate for a COVID elimination strategy for the island of Ireland. And if you have concerns about AstraZeneca, or for that matter, if you've had AstraZeneca, if you've been vaccinated with AstraZeneca and you have concerns now at this stage as to whether uh, you could be one of those few rare cases uh, that results in blood clots. Uh, let's uh, hear a little bit about uh, the symptoms uh, involved in all of this. This is uh, Dr. Neve O'Connell. Uh, I think the first thing to say is that it is not uncommon for people to have mild headache, mild aches and pains, mild fever and fatigue in the first 72 hours after having any vaccine and people should not be concerned about that. They can manage that in the usual way, maybe taking some paracetamol at home. I think what we're really uh, asking people just to be aware of is that they have persistent or severe headache that in particular occurs from day four onwards, from day four up to day 28, but particularly in the first two weeks after uh, the vaccine. Uh, Particularly if those headaches are associated with any other symptoms such as uh, weakness in an arm or leg, blurred vision or seizure activity, of course people should seek medical attention if those occur. Um, Other symptoms to be aware of include things like shortness of breath, pain in the chest, pain in the abdomen or tummy, um, any bruising that's at a remote site from where they got the vaccine, any pinprick bruises. Um, If they have symptoms like that, uh, they should either seek the assistance of their general practitioner or if the symptoms are more severe or they're more unwell, obviously their local emergency department. It's not to say that those symptoms are always caused by this rare adverse reaction. That's, that's really quite uncommon, but they do need to be looked into and some uh, evaluation in either the GP practice or the hospital setting would be needed. That's Dr. Neve O'Connell, who was speaking at uh, that Neffet press briefing yesterday evening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.